I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, May 2, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So we had pretty much a schematic of what was likely to happen today. And what we discussed last night actually did happen. We're going to get deep into the weeds on that and discuss a little bit about what's likely next. And we'll take a look at both the upside and the potential downside. We'll do all of that in this video tonight. Let's first just draw the big picture and then we'll work down from there. So the big picture is this. We're still in an uptrend despite the last couple of days of activity. The FOMC, or the Fed, had their announcement yesterday. The market sold off after the announcement, continued selling this morning, bounced off the 20-period moving average, and a level identified in last night's video as 290.25, give or take. It was give or take on either side. There were reasons why that area should be supportive of the market. That area was supportive of the market. The question is, is the market finished going up? Did we make a top? Or was this another shakeout and there are much higher prices ahead? One of those questions we don't really need to answer right now, but what we can do is know where we're wrong. If we feel that the market is coming down, if we feel that yesterday was a top, or we would like to place a trade signaling that yesterday was a top and we're short the market for argument's sake, or for example, we can use yesterday's high as the area in which we would be wrong. Any daily close above yesterday's high and the market has higher prices in store and therefore that short trade would no longer be a viable open position. This is a chart that we looked at last night, the 120-minute chart. The 290.25 was precisely the price that we put on the chart last night. The market came down this morning, it put in a low, and it reversed off that price level. But here's the thing. Here's what we want to take note of. We didn't necessarily have a tremendous positive reaction away from that price level. That's interesting. That's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. So from a short-term trading perspective, traders that were willing to pick up the market down around that 290 area were handsomely rewarded with a short-term trade. The longer-term question is, was that a meaningful top from yesterday, and do we have lower prices coming both in the immediate and longer term? We're going to try and unpack some of that as we go through some of these charts. We'll put all the puzzle pieces on the table, and as the picture begins to develop, we then have a pretty good handle on what's next. I want to do a couple of things. First, let me pause and thank everybody who participates and posts comments underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction, and you know how I especially love the banter back and forth. In addition, if it's worthy, and only if it's worthy, hit the thumbs up button on the video, and then go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Back to business. It's important to talk about inside the numbers today. A couple of days ago, we had a blockbuster day on trades. We had trades today, but that wasn't the most important thing. What I want to point out that is important is what was said and what Inside the Numbers members read 
early this morning, long before the opening bell rang. What you're looking at right now is the midday update, and all I'm doing is reiterating that the market did everything discussed a few hours earlier. Let's go through what was said early in the morning. The pre-market notes, we had the post-FOMC, or Federal Reserve, meltdown yesterday and the makings of a market reversal. So we're just reiterating what's going on. People are groggy in the morning. You have to just remind them what's going on. Then we go on to say, let's worry about today, and let's also worry about the area that was identified in last night's Common Sense Market Analysis video. My point there was, we should see lower prices ahead. I give the bogey on the upside, 29.40, unless and until we close hourly above that level, there are lower prices ahead. That was the most likely schematic on the board. It was a sell-the-rip day early this morning. So then I go on to say, Here's the way it works if it's going to work at all. So I'm trying to lay out the expectations of what to look for as the market moves. Because we always have to keep in mind the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew, and they were out in force this morning. So we'll scroll up a little bit. And what I say here is they'll rally the market to make it look like yesterday was just a fluke and knee-jerk reaction to the Fed. They'll get the ES into the 2930s and make a run for 2940. There are obviously corresponding levels in the SPY, and those are provided in this report every single day. Then they hit them again and run a test down toward the overnight lows or lower. If the buy the dip crowd is still interested, they'll buy the market up and have a big rally after making a new low down to the area discussed last night. So that is precisely what happened. Now... I go on to say, if the market is weak and has intentions of going much lower, they won't have a strong reaction after an early sell. They'll hang around down there or just continue. So keep that in mind, and we're going to go back and look at some charts. And just so you can see, the stocks on the move section today had two stocks that hit their price target, two opened up below their price target. That's why it says jump target on the entry hit column. And we can take a look at those charts real quick as well. And here were the important numbers. And you can see for yourself whether these numbers can be beneficial to you as a trader each and every day. These numbers are updated every single day. They're posted before the market opens every morning. So we're back to the chart. And we know the market did early on everything that we anticipated that it would do. But did we have a very strong reaction to the north side from this price level, from this retest of what? A breakout area. It's a former breakout area. Everything we discussed last night. But today, the market really didn't have that big or strong of a rally off that level. Is that cause for concern? Well, it may be. Let's take a look at some other charts. We need to dig deeper. We need to peel back the onion farther. Now we're looking at an hourly chart. What do we have here? We have the makings of a bear flag pattern or a bearish wedge pattern. Any way you want to look at it, until and unless we can close above the high of the breakdown candle, 292.50 for round number's sake, we've got to close above that breakdown candle high in order for the SPY to get going to the north side. 
Now, here's the problem. You're going to have overhead resistance come in, not only at the breakdown candle high, but also as a result of the moving averages on this hourly chart converging and beginning to turn down. The 50 and the 20 period moving average will be overhead resistance. So you've got two reasons there are overhead resistance right up here around that 292.5 to 293 area. And I'm going to give you a third reason right now. You had all this area right here where the SPY bantered back and forth. That was a former breakout area. So it was one support right down here. Okay, wrong tool. Let me get out the right tool. So this was support and the market took off from that breakout area. We came back down. We busted through to the next breakout area. Now we're getting some kind of a rally off that area, but we haven't got a really, really strong one yet. That's the point that I want to bring home. So what do we do with that information? Well, tomorrow, Friday morning at 8.30 a.m., we have the phony jobs number. It's a wonderful excuse for the market to make a move in either direction. So if the market perceives whatever number is given at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, if the market perceives it as negative, they'll kill the market. If it perceives it as positive, They'll rally the market, and inside the numbers, members will have the important numbers early in the morning. So the question is, are we in a quandary or not? On the daily chart, it's still in an uptrend. When you go down to some other and shorter time frames, it looks like the tide is beginning to turn, or we just had a minor correction inside of an uptrend. We're going to find out which way the market's going to go, and we're likely going to find out sooner than later. Do we get any information or valuable information in Camp IWM? Well, what's interesting is in Camp IWM was up one half of 1% today. So that's interesting on a day when the S&P 500 was flat to down. As you know, the IWM is my favorite canary in the coal mine, and we'll figure out if this is just buying time above these moving averages to make another push higher. Right now, there's technically nothing wrong with the daily chart. We're still trending higher, but remember, we do have some overhead resistance. We have the potential for another double top type of scenario. However, what do we always say? Sometimes when the market has a difficult time busting through a certain resistance area or breaking through a support area below, it's easier for the market to actually gap above or gap below those price levels. So we'll see what happens. Maybe the phony jobs number is just the recipe the market is looking for to make a move in one direction or another. We know the numbers on both sides of the equation and the areas that we need to be concerned with. We know the market might have put in a top yesterday, so we're aware that if that's the case, there could be significant downside and it could come quickly. Why is that? Well, not just because the market tends to take the elevator down and the escalator up. It's not only that, but we know that the volume in the market has been very, very light. And I know there's been a lot of traders, a lot of people out there calling a caution red flag on the light volume. But my response has always been the market went up from the 2009 bottom for the most part, most of the way on very light volume. So it doesn't mean the market can't continue to go higher. But what I will say about volume is that if 
heavy volume comes into the market and it's on the downside, the market can go down very, very quickly because there will be a lot of Johnny-come-latelys that want to get out. And when everybody runs for the exit at the same time, you know what happens. You can't shove 10 pounds of shit in a 5-pound bag. It doesn't work like that. It's an awareness thing. We need to be aware of both sides of the tape. That's it. The market will tell us which side it picked. Looking down at the transportation department, this is an interesting chart, and I want to explain exactly why, because it is something we discussed last night in detail. This was something that came right from Lazy E-Mini Trader course. Talked about it last night, happened today. The transports have been a canary in the coal mine. They made a top before the S&P made a top, if it's a top at all, but they topped out as it is right now before the S&P. Fine, we checked that box. Now, the transports come down all of a sudden into a former breakout area and reverse. And there's other reasons why it reversed, and they're found in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. But it is interesting how the transports were up over 1% today, 126 points. The IWM was up, and I would imagine most traders this morning thought, this is it. The market's going to collapse. The trap door's going to open. Let's buy some puts. They might be right. But I'm looking around at everything I can get my hands on. I put all these puzzle pieces on the table. And until and unless I have a conclusive picture of what's going on, we don't have to do anything. You want the premium, premium trade setups. That's how you win long term. Silicon Valley, tech sector, what's going on there? Similar to the spider, came in, test the 20-period moving average, bounced off of it. No surprise, no shocker, filled the gap. Still in an uptrend. Daily chart, no change. Hourly chart, same as the SPY. Looks very similar. Having trouble getting above the 100-period moving average. Making a bear flag pattern. What is that normally going to produce? Lower prices. What happens if the market has a knee-jerk reaction to the upside after the phony jobs number? Well, maybe that bearish wedge pattern or bear flag pattern would be off the table. Maybe that same energy that would normally be released to the downside would go in the other direction. So you have to be aware of both sides of the tape. What's doing down at the financial district? Well, it's still bullish. Look how far above home base we are. Home base is the 20-period moving average. We're pretty far above... 20 period moving average. Guess what? Even if we came down a little bit, where are we coming to? The 20 period moving average coincides with this breakout area. From a very short term perspective, the XLF would likely find chart support in and around that general area. Just call it 27 for argument's sake. 27, 27 and a quarter. In that zone, you should find support. Different look. Here's an hourly chart. What's doing down at 27? Let's take a look. Just for visual perspective, look at that. There's a gap right there around 27. You have a low here, and then you have another gap below. So the question is, if the XLF was coming down, or any stock or chart that looked like this, would you expect there to be support at this particular level, around 27, or would they come down to around 26 and a half, 26.60, something in that neighborhood? Look what's in between the 200 period moving average. Under normal market conditions, if the XLF or any chart that looked like this was coming down, what are they doing? They're heading for a destination. 
there's two possible destinations, 27 and then a little bit lower, maybe even three. Maybe that 200-period moving average is a possible destination. But there should be, under normal market conditions, garden variety market conditions, there should be support around 27 or just below. If the market's collapsing, that's a different story. But that's not normal market conditions. I'm telling you what to look for under normal conditions, which is the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, there's normalcy. 20% of the time, all hell's breaking loose. How about the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, which is a good proxy for the tech sector, the SMH. So what's going on here? Well, a couple of things are going on here. We're riding the 20-period moving average, making a bear flag pattern. That's the first thing that my eye is drawn to when this chart comes up. What takes that off the table? Closing hourly and then daily above 119.21. That's the high right here, 119.21. That would take this bear flag pattern off the table. Where's the next area they would come down to? Well, Here's some support at 111, 111 and a half in that general zone. And then right below that, you have a gap at about 108 and change, almost 109. Also a 50 period moving average. Again, under normal garden variety market conditions, those areas would be supportive of this chart or any market, any chart that looked like this. All charts act and react the same way. Sometimes they get questions about the futures or stocks, commodities, Forex, and does it work with this, that, and the other thing? And the answer is, I don't care what the chart says on it. And in the course, I even proved that point by having a blank chart and then revealing what it is after the fact. And the way I do it proves that the name behind the chart makes no difference at all. Doesn't matter whether we're talking about Microsoft, the SMH, or Google. We could be talking about the bond market, gold, or oil. All charts act and react the same way. And folks, I'm going to give it a wrap here tonight. It's everything that I really wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.